You are listening to the Passion City Church podcast. To learn more about Passion City Church, including our gathering times in Atlanta and Washington, D.C., visit us online at passioncitychurch.com. It's amazing to have the opportunity to invite the whole world together to celebrate Easter today at Passion City Church. Believers are celebrating all over the planet right now on every continent the fact that Jesus is Alive, And I'm so glad you joined us today. Maybe you're a believer and this is the best day of the year for you. Or maybe you're just asking the question today, what is this Good Friday? What is Easter all about? And I know that God is going to answer that question for you today and open a way for you to enter into the power of Easter today, the power of life that never ends. Uh, I'm going to share the first part of this message today. And then, um, as Brad mentioned already, my friend Sadie Rob Huff's going to come to us live from West Monroe, Louisiana. Then Tim Tebow's going to be here in Atlanta and some other amazing pieces in between. But all of us with one message today, and that is, is that this is the most unprecedented day in all of history. I think that word has been used so many times in the last few weeks and months in our world. What we're walking through, going through right now as humanity is unprecedented in our generation. It's a one in a hundred year event, but we're talking about something today that happened one time for all time, one time in eternity, one time in history. The son of God gave his life for the sins of the world. And on the third day, just as he said, He was raised from the dead by the power of Almighty God. And that gives us hope today. That's why we gather today. That's why we have a song to sing today. And that's why we know today that there is a promise for us of that same life that never ends. I think one of the words that's been over these last few days more than any other word is the word canceled. We were in a meeting a few weeks ago. We were deciding whether or not we were going to move our gatherings online in about three days' time on the Sunday ahead. We were meeting together on a Thursday, and we knew that the MLS team in town, the United, were playing at Mercedes-Benz Stadium Saturday night, and across the street at the same time, the Atlanta Hawks were playing an NBA game, and we said, you know, we've got a lot of different markers helping us make this decision, but if United play and if the Hawks play, then we're definitely going to have church in the building on Sunday morning. We were about 30 minutes into the meeting getting updates from friends of ours in both of those leagues saying there's conversations going on, not only about those games not happening, but about the season not happening. Maybe an hour after the meeting, March Madness was going to go on, but no fans in the buildings. And so that night, an NBA game is in process. And while it's in process, the league makes a decision. For now, the season is canceled. The very next day, March Madness, the largest sporting event probably in collegiate sports, canceled. And all of a sudden, the word over all of our lives was canceled. Everything got canceled. The final four was going to be here in Atlanta, same Mercedes-Benz Stadium, canceled. Major League Baseball, for now, canceled. Large gatherings of 1,000 people, then 500 people, then 250 people, then 100 people, then 50 people, then 25 people, then 10 people, canceled. School 
canceled the entire gain in the stock market since the 2016 presidential election, canceled. Weddings as we know them, canceled. Funerals where you actually can hug your friends and family, canceled. Walking across the stage at a graduation to get your degree, canceled. Life as we know it for now, canceled. And that's been a negative for all of us in the weeks past. But today, I want to talk about a different cancellation. And it is the greatest cancellation in the history of mankind. And it is this, because of what Jesus did on the cross and his resurrection on Easter morning, death is canceled. That's our message today. Not physical death, that's still going to happen. In fact, it's happening on a massive scale all around us in the world right now. In fact, Shelly and I attended the online celebration service for the son of some of our dear friends just last night. Death, physical death, is still happening. But the message of Easter isn't that you don't die physically. The message of Easter is that there's an eternal life that supersedes physical death. And it starts the moment that Christ comes into your life. And it goes on into eternity without end. That's what the scripture says when Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians 15. And Sadie's going to talk about this in just a few moments. But a few questions are asked. And it says, where O oh, death is your victory. Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. In other words, the reason we're spiritually dead, this is so important for all of us to get our hearts around. The reason that we are spiritually dead is because we have failed to live up to the holy standard of a perfect God. He says it's the law that is the power of sin. What does that mean? It means when we got 10 simple commandments from God, you and I in our own strength couldn't keep one of them. We couldn't in our own ability be good enough to stand in the presence of a holy God. And therefore, the scripture says it this way. It says the wages of sin is death. Not that we die physically, but that we die spiritually. But the gift of God, that verse goes on to say, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So how can we say today that death is canceled? How can we say today that even though we all have an appointment with physical death, that none of us have to fear that moment because in Christ we gain life that goes on into forever. We say that because the debt that we owed was canceled by Jesus on the cross. I love the way that Paul writes this to the New Testament church in Colossians when he says it this way in chapter two. When you were dead 
in your sins. Do you see how he underscores that? Not when you were bad or were a little less than your best self or when you weren't as good as somebody else. See, that's not the condition that sin leaves us. And he says, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. And here comes our word, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. Jesus has taken it away, nailing it to the cross and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. See, we think that a man died on a cross, and he did. The Son of God did die on a cross. But when Jesus died on that cross, a lot of other things died with him. And one of the things that died with him was the debt that I owed God because of my sinful choices, my rebellion, my turning away from him, and my doing it my own way. We all get debt whether it's the national debt or our mortgage debt or our student loan debt or our credit card debt, we all understand debt. But do you see that because of our sinfulness, we have a debt to pay to a holy God? And the problem is that sin left us dead and dead people can't do anything to pay off their own debt. What if you got a letter in the mail this week and it was from whoever you have your student loans with. And they said, hey, we were just thinking about you this week. And we decided that we care about you. We value you. We want you to have a future. And we have forgiven your student loan as of today and this letter. You now know oh, zero on this loan. You, you would just stand there in amazement at the freedom and the grace that washed over your life in that decision. And this is what Easter is all about. When Jesus gave his life for you, it wasn't because God is trying to get you to do more to get into his presence. It's because he knew Christ could do everything necessary to get you into his presence by canceling the debt. It's as if he just took everything that you and I had against almighty God and just said, done, paid in full, canceled, erased. Or to use the terms that sometimes the banks use, we forgave your debt. This was the story of Jesus. There was a time where he went to the home of one of the religious leaders of his day. And Sadie's going to talk about how Jesus loves to come to homes in just a moment. But he went to the home of this very visible religious leader of the day. And as they were having dinner there, a woman came into the dinner and she had a horrible past and a terrible reputation in the town. This is a family gathering, so I don't want to go into all the specifics of that. But Luke tells us in chapter 7 exactly what this woman's background was. She made it into the dinner. She came to where Jesus was reclining at the dinner. And Luke records that she wept tears on Jesus' feet. She dried his feet with her hair. And she poured this extraordinarily expensive perfume 
on Jesus' feet. It was her way of saying thank you to Jesus. But the religious leader who was hosting the dinner saw it and said, what a waste that this woman is expending all of this wealth of perfume on your feet. And by the way, if you are such a holy man, wouldn't you know who this woman was? And Jesus said, can I ask you a question? And the host said, absolutely. He said, two men both owed money to the same lender. One owed 500 bucks, 150. But the lender, listen to what Luke records. Jesus said, the lender canceled both of their debts. Who's going to be more grateful? The one who owed 500 bucks or the one who owed 50 bucks? And the host of the dinner said, well, I'm sure it's going to be the one who owed the most. And Jesus said, you're right. And then he looked at the woman and he said, woman, your faith has saved you. Your sins are forgiven. Now, Jesus wasn't saying there's a hierarchy of sin, that there's some little sins and big sins. And if it's a tiny one, don't worry about it. But if it's a real, real major one, you got to deal with that. We understand from all the teaching of scripture that just one sin causes us to fall short of God's glory. What Jesus was trying to underscore is that some people see that he's a debt canceller and some people miss it altogether. Some people realize I need help to get into the presence of God, to have all my sin forgiven. I need a savior to step into that place. And other people are like, I'm good. I got it all together. I think I'm doing just fine. And God wants to open our eyes today to see that over this Easter is the word canceled. Death is canceled. Debt is canceled. And with it, a whole lot of other things are canceled. My notes are now torn in two, so bear with me. But a lot of things got canceled at Easter. Are you ready? Yes, our debt, our sin debt with God is now officially canceled. Our guilt canceled. The shame that goes along with it, that wants to tell us we're not good enough and we're not worth enough to Almighty God, canceled. Condemnation, it was all put on Jesus. So for the believer in Him, canceled. The wrath of God, which we deserve, now has gone on Jesus on the cross. So wrath, canceled. That's the message of Easter 2020. Eternal punishment, canceled. Religion, canceled. You mean, what is, what do you mean religion is canceled? My good works to get me to God, canceled. My self-righteousness, canceled and done away with. The powers and plans of hell, canceled. Separation from God, canceled. The grave, canceled. Easter's message is death is canceled. Once for all, the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. And every single person who puts their trust and their faith and their belief and their hope in the work of Jesus will be saved. It's not about being good or bad. The text says it's about being dead or alive. And on this Easter day, faith in Jesus does the miracle that none of us can do. And it is the miracle of life. Jesus said, it's being born again. And that possibility is yours today. You're going to die physically someday, somewhere, somehow. But God is offering you the gift of an eternal spiritual quality of life with him that starts now and lasts forever. You can make that decision today at any point 
And if you do, you can text alive to the number that you're going to see on the screen and you can enter into the power today of celebrating that on this Easter, death is canceled. Sadie, come to us and take it from here. Death has been canceled, y'all. That is the best news ever. And not only is it the best news ever all the time, but especially at a time like this, where we are facing a global pandemic, we're facing storms left and right, all of these different things, but we have this living hope today that the Savior rose from the grave. There is an empty tomb. I'm gonna read you all 1 Peter chapter 1, verse three. It says, blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, and thank God, for that mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Get this, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Y'all, that is good news. We have a living hope today. And some of you might be at home today and you're thinking, you know what? But the truth is, this is awesome. This is exciting. This sounds really great. But even if this was a normal Easter, I wouldn't have even gone to church. Or maybe this is the only day I ever go to church. I've never had that real relationship with Jesus. This has never really become a reality for me. And so why would I think that today, of all days, a day I'm sitting in my house, that this resurrection power can come into my life? Well, here's the thing. This is the kind of God we serve. And this is the kind of man Jesus was. He has a thing for showing up to people's houses. In Mark chapter two, we're gonna read a story when Jesus went to Levi's house. So Levi was a tax collector and Jesus just went and called him and said, hey, Levi, follow me. And Levi's like all in for this, but he's like, hold on. Let me say goodbye to my tax collector friends. Let's have a little house party real fast. And Jesus shows up at the house party. So Mark chapter two, verse 15, it says, and as he reclined at the table, in his house. Many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus. So cool. And all of his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to the disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, Jesus decided that he would answer the question. He said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but it's those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but to call the sinners. Y'all, that is really good news in and of itself, especially for today. First of all, that Jesus will show up to your house if you invite him. Now, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, who your friends are, if you invite Jesus to your house, he's gonna show up at your house. And second of all, I love that he loves to hang out with sick people and sinners. And not only does he love to hang out and he's down for the hang, but he also came for the sick and the sinners. And I think more than ever, we can say praise God for that because today we're living in a sick world. We're facing this global pandemic. We are facing a threat towards our physical, our physical sickness. We're, we're facing a threat that could cause us death and it's really scary. And what's happened because of this threat is we've said, shut everything down. We gotta find a cure for this until we find a vaccine. We're not gonna get this show on the road. But I've been thinking it's very interesting because I feel as though we've been in a global pandemic for a long time with our spiritual sickness and we have quite a different response, don't we? Because when we're physically sick, when there's physically a threat, we're like, wait, stop, we, we gotta figure this out. But when we're spiritually sick, 
It's like, man, we could just keep living with that because nobody can see it. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like not the best quality of life we could probably live. And yeah, it's, it's scary to think about maybe death happening one day, but you know, it, it's hidden. Nobody, I don't want anybody to see this sickness. I don't want anybody to see this shame. But I feel like today is a day on Easter when everything needs to stop because we gotta figure out the cure for our spiritual sickness. And the good thing is, it's really not that hard to figure out. We already know the cure for our spiritual sickness. We already actually know a vaccine against eternal death and the vaccine and the cure, his name is Jesus and it's called the resurrection and it is available right now today. Because here's the thing, even if we find this COVID-19 vaccine, well, what's gonna happen when we get sick again? We're gonna have to find another vaccine. And then we get sick again, we're gonna have to find another. And we could spend our whole life chasing vaccine after vaccine after vaccine, but we still face the same threat that we're all afraid of, which is our bodies are going to die. But how awesome is it to know that today we could actually have a vaccine available against death and not only is it against death, but it's for life today. First Timothy chapter uh, four says something so powerful. It says, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way because it holds promises for the present life and the life to come. So yes, it would be of great value if we found a vaccine for today. But man, would it be of every value if we let God into our heart today? Because yes, eventually in eternal life, it's the greatest gift ever, but every single day it's curing things in our heart that need to be cured. Are you facing sickness today? Oh, just call on the name of Jesus, it's a vaccine. Are you facing fear? Call on the name of Jesus, it will bring you peace. Are you facing sorrow in a world full of sorrow? Call on the name of Jesus, it'll bring you joy. He is our vaccine, he is our living hope. He said to Martha in the story of Lazarus, when Martha was struggling, he was like, you should have been here, you should have been here. And you know what he said to her? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, you will not die, yet you will live. He basically said right there, I'm the vaccine. If you believe in me, you're not gonna die, you will live. And not only will you live later, you will live today. And so I want you to really think on that and really gravitate towards that because that is powerful and that is a promise to you today because that is active and alive today. Now here's another really cool thing. This is probably one of my favorite parts about this vaccine of Jesus against eternal death. This vaccine, we have a vaccine that doesn't sting. What? You're like, wait, I'm not really catching it. What's the, what's the big deal about that? We have a vaccine that doesn't sting. Every vaccine in the history of all vaccines has a little sting to it, okay? Like we all know it. You have to get a shot. You have to get something that kind of hurts. And even the vaccine they're talking about us using today, it actually says that it's not gonna be the big jab, you know? We're not gonna have to get a huge shot, but it's gonna be about a skin deep needle that's gonna go in and maybe this will cure this COVID-19. And even the thought of skin skin deep, we're like, oh, I don't even like the thought of skin deep vaccine, but it's just gonna cause a little sting. Well, my grandma was talking about over the years, you know, they've had to have plenty of vaccines because this happens a lot of times or happens ever so often. And she said she has a smallpox vaccine that actually left a scar on her arm. So most vaccines, if they don't leave a sting, they leave a scar of some sort. But this vaccine, which you would think would be the worst of all, the biggest sting would leave the biggest scar, doesn't hurt us at all. How is that possible? 
Well, let's read 1 Corinthians 15. It says in verse 55, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? One more question, death, where is your sting? Here it is. The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why does it not sting? Because Jesus Christ took the sting. Why does it not leave a scar? Because Jesus Christ took the scar. He has scars from the nail pierced hands. When he died on the cross, he gave us the victory. He gave us the ultimate vaccine against eternal death and he took away its sting. But what you do have to contribute to in all of this is you have to believe. When he said to Martha that day, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, you won't die. No, you will live. And then he said, do you believe that? See, that's the key today. Do you believe that the vaccine will work? Do you believe that Jesus Christ can come into your life today and resurrect the things that were dead in your life? And then eventually when you face death, he will resurrect you into eternal life. Do you believe it? Because that's the key to the vaccine working. Years ago, I was preaching at Passion for the very first time. And on my way there, I saw this homeless man and I didn't have anything to offer him but my Bible and I knew that was the best thing I could offer him. And so I got out of the car and I went over and I said, hey, um, I don't have anything to give you, but I do have this. And this is the most important thing that I could ever give you. And so um, I want you to take it. And if you've heard the story, um, the man said, no, I, I don't want it. I don't want it. And I said, well, just take it. Sure, come on, take it. He said, no, I can't take that. And I said, sure you can, just just take it, like it changed everything. And he was like, no, I can't take it. And I was so emotional about that story when I shared it because of the way it ended. He said he wasn't worthy of it. And he said, go give it to somebody who will take it. It devastated me that day, but then years later I was preaching at a juvie and I was preaching this seven week series on a freedom series. And I was working directly with this one girl who was just hurt by so many things. She had had a really tough life. So many unfair things happened to her, made some really poor decisions, ended up in juvie. And I didn't think she was ever gonna believe in God. She was so turned off to the idea that God was real or that God loved her and all this stuff. Well, over the weeks, finally we get to week six and she had this radical change. She fell in love with Jesus because she realized I don't have any other hope. He is my hope, Sadie. And she said, I want you to baptize me. She wanted to literally act out that resurrection life. And I said, that would be amazing. I would love to. And I said, and also I wanna give you something. I said, I wanna give you my Bible. And she took it. And I said, go live out your life to the full. Go live out the life that God called you to. Change her life in every way. Totally new person, old made new. That is the resurrection power of the cross. But you have to take the vaccine. Do you believe in the name of Jesus? Do you believe that he will resurrect your life? Because if you believe, then today in your home, he has a thing for showing up for the sick and the sinners. And he has a thing for making all things new. And so if you believe it today, I believe your life is gonna be changed in every home, in every house, every family, if you take that belief in his name. I'm gonna pray pray over you. God, I pray that in every home all over the world watching today, God, that there would be a resurrection of life. God, that the old things would die and the new would come. God, I thank you for the ultimate vaccine that we don't have to fear death. 
God, I pray today that we would be just as fervent acting on this spiritual sickness that we have inside of us, just as much as we are for our physical sickness, God, that we crave this life that you've been given, that we accept this life that you've given us, God. Lord, I thank you for your sacrifice on the cross and I thank you for your resurrection from the tomb. And God, I pray that this truth becomes alive in every person's heart today, that people stand up and respond to your truth saying, Jesus, I thank you for what you did. God, I lay down my old self. I step into the new self and you resurrect me today. God, I pray that our world would never be the same from the things that happen today in history. I thank you so much, God, that your spirit is active and alive. It's moving in every heart, in every home. I pray all this in your name. Amen. Thank you, God, for your living hope. What an amazing day. Are you kidding me? This has been incredible. From Passion City Band to Tori to Crowder to Johnny Swim. And then the message that Louis shared about how death has been canceled. And then what Sadie shared that we have the vaccine and we can go from the old to the new. And so I want to start with one of my favorite passages in the Bible. So if you have your Bible, wherever you are, or you have your phone, that means you have your Bible. Thanks to technology. So type in second Corinthians chapter five, verses 17, verse 17. I was homeschooled. It's fine. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Let me read it again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, let me get your attention. That's what they're saying. Get your attention. Behold, listen up, shut up, pay attention. Behold, new things have come. And actually new things have come. It's in the perfect tense, meaning permanent. Meaning permanent. So the new things are permanent. Take it to the bank. It is permanent. Okay, so, so what are the new things? What are the old things? What are the new things? What was Sadie talking about? What are all those old things? So I, I, I get I, it was the sin and Jesus was on the cross, but what are those old and new things? Well, to me, the old and the new is the greatest trade in the history of the world. You see, there's been some big trades and someone who's been in sports most of their life. I've seen a lot of trades. Like I hear about the trade with when the Red Sox traded Babe Ruth for $100,000. Like, are you kidding me? I get why they were cursed for that. Pretty dumb. Wayne Gretzky traded for a few scrubs. I was even traded for to the Jets. That didn't work out good for any of us. I'm not sure when the last Jet, Jets trade did, but we're not worried about that. Today, it's about the greatest trade in the history of the world. Let me tell you why. Because we need to understand what the old is and what the new is. The old versus the new. Sin versus righteousness. Dead to alive. Darkness to light. Bondage to freedom. Separation to united to Christ. Loss to found. Baggage to purpose. Slave to son debt to paid for. That's what we're talking about. That's the old to the new. That's why it's the greatest trade in the history of the world. Wait, wait, Timmy, are you saying that 
When we accept Jesus and we accept this trade, we're going from sin to righteousness. Yes, righteousness. When you accept Jesus, you are viewed as righteous, made right with God. That debt, it's paid for. All of it, not some of it, not most of it, not like we've taken a lot of it back. All of it, it's paid for, done, finished, dead to alive. Yes, it's the greatest trade in the history of the world. But let me share with you why it's so good for us. Because for you and for me, it's free. The Bible actually is redundant and says it is a free gift of eternal life. They don't, the Bible doesn't have to say free gift. Gifts are free, but it's redundant because it wants us, the Bible wants us to understand. The Bible is redundant for a reason. Free gift, meaning you do not have to work for it. You do not have to pay for it. You do not have to be good enough for it. It is not about how good you or me are, because I promise you, I would never be good enough. If it was a standard, I could never be good enough, but it's not. It is the free gift. It is redundant so that we can understand how special it is. It is the free gift to us, but it wasn't free to Jesus. It cost Jesus everything. It cost Jesus everything. So I'm sure you've heard about the story of Jesus on going to the cross and the beatings and the pain and everything that he endured that night of the whippings and then carrying the cross and then the crown of thorns on his head and, and how bad that would have been. And I can't even imagine how awful that would have been. But I believe that his physical pain, what he went through physically, paled in comparison to what was happening on the inside. Because you have to understand, when Jesus was on the cross, he was also carrying the sin of the world sin of the world, the sin of the world, all of us, all of my sin. You see, the night before Jesus went to the cross, he was in the garden of Gethsemane and he was in so much turmoil and pain. He was actually sweating drops of blood as he's praying, talking to the heavenly father. Talking to his dad, he's sweating drops of blood. You see, Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. He didn't want to. His emotions didn't say, yippee, I'm going to the cross. No, he knew it was his mission to go to the cross. And he loved his father and he loved you so much that even though he's sweating drops of blood, I'll do it anyways, dad. I'll do it anyways, because I love you and I love humanity. I'll go to the cross Anyways, and you see, when Jesus was on the cross for six hours from noon, for the last three hours from noon to three, the earth got dark and earthquakes, and you can only imagine how scared people were. And at the end of that, Jesus cries out, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why did he say it twice? And what is he talking about? I believe he says it twice for one of two reasons. One could be emphasis. Two, because he has such a strong relationship with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit that he said it to each one of them. You see, but Jesus knew when he was sweating drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane, he knew that his dad was going to turn his back on him. 
but, but, but why did he still go? Because Jesus knew. He knew that God the Father had to turn his back on him so that Jesus would never have to turn his back on us. You see, when I was a young boy and I first heard this, I thought, no, there's no way. Why would God turn his back on his son? A good dad would never do that. My dad would never do that. When I have a son, I would never do that to my son. But then I understood what John 3.16 really means. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. You see, God knew when Jesus went to the cross, he had to turn his back. That perfect relationship from eternity past before there was even such a thing as time. They had this perfect relationship. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. This perfect relationship, this perfect relationship. But they knew that relationship that bond had to be broken so that the bond with us would never be broken. See, they, had, they knew that they had to turn their back on Jesus so that Jesus wouldn't have to turn his back on us. They knew Jesus had to be forsaken so we would never be forsaken. You see, you get it. God the Father, he didn't want to turn his back. But he loved you so much that he gave his son. He loved me so much that he gave his son. And he knew he gave his son a mission. And his son accepted the mission. And he fulfilled the mission. And Jesus died on that cross. But why we get to celebrate on Easter is that three days later he rose from the dead. And because he rose from the dead, when we accept that free gift of eternal life, we go from darkness to light. We go from the old to the new. And let me remind you, it's permanent. It's permanent. It's permanent. It's permanent. That new, that righteousness, that light, that home in heaven, that bond, always always, even to the end of the age, means he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He will be with you always. A few years ago, a young girl was born in Ghana and she was born with severe special needs, but her mother loved her so much. Her mother loved her so much even in a community where they didn't love her and they didn't get it. They could not understand why this mom loved her special needs daughter so much. But when this young girl was four years of age, her mom died. And this young girl was left alone by herself for 30 days. For 30 days. When they finally found her, she had open wounds. She was so malnourished that she weighed 27 pounds. She was taken to an orphanage and there was a family here in the States that they were hoping to adopt. They felt called in their heart that they want to adopt someone, but they were looking in other countries. And, and then they heard about this story because this, this orphanage needed someone to take this girl. She needed surgery. She needed help. She needed care. And they were going to have to spend a lot of money. This family did not have the money. But then they heard about this girl's story and they thought, how could we do this? How could we do this? But then they saw her name. 
And her name is Christabel, which means beautiful Christian. But when they read it, what they thought was Christabel, Christ is able. So I said, yeah, Christ is able. We are going to adopt her. We want her, even though we don't know how to take care of her. We don't have the money for all of her surgeries. We believe Christ is able. You see, they were overwhelmed, but then they were reminded that Christ is able. Can I ask you right now, is is there feelings of being overwhelmed in your life? Is there fear? Is there doubt of the unknown? Have you, have you made this trade in the past, but right now you're, you're feeling overwhelmed because what is taking place in our society? I want to remind you that Christ is able. You see, that, that young girl was, was four years old, 27 pounds, and she was malnourished, but now she's 11 and she's thriving and she's crushing life and she's awesome because Christ is able. And today we need to be reminded that Christ is able because he rose from the dead, because he loves you, because he wants you to go from the old to the new. He wants you to go from sin to righteousness, dead to alive, darkness to light, bondage to freedom, separation to united in Christ, lost to found, baggage to purpose, slave to son, in debt to paid for. And it's a free gift because he loves you so much. And I want you to know this morning that Christ is able. You see, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever you've been through, Christ is able to save you right now. Right now. You see, in a moment, I want to lead you in a prayer. And it's not a magical prayer. It is you simply accepting that free gift because you believe what Jesus did on the cross and that it counted for you. That he was the payment that satisfied. He was the propitiation for our sin. And you say, yeah, Timmy, I want that trade. I wanna go from darkness to light. I wanna go to from sin to righteousness. I wanna have a home in heaven. I'm gonna ask you to repeat this prayer after me. It's not a magical prayer. It is us talking to our heavenly father who loves us so much. He loved you so much. He sent his son. He gave his son. He was willing to turn his back for a moment with his son so that he would never have to turn his back on you. That's how much he loves you. If you say yes to me, that's me. I want to accept Jesus' free gift. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, stop. Let's accept that free gift right now. You repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose from the dead. I know that I'm a sinner and I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of my sin. Thank you for coming into my heart and forgiving me of my sin and trading with me the old for the new, the darkness for the light. Jesus, I love you and I wanna live for you. I give my life to you.
Thank you for dying for me and loving me. Thank you for giving me a home in heaven and I will come and live with you one day. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for taking our place and paying our debt and rising from the dead. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. Guys, wherever you are, if you prayed that prayer with me to accept Jesus' free gift of eternal life, you were adopted into the family of God. And I wanna be the first one to say welcome, my new brothers and sisters. You see, there's a number on the screen and I'm gonna ask you if you would text alive to that number on the screen so that people here at Passion City can be praying for you, can love you, so that we can celebrate as a family all the lives that were changed, the old to the new, the greatest trade in the history of the world. Guys, I want you to know that you are loved, you are special. God chose to give his son and Jesus said, I will go and I will die because I love you. God bless you. God bless you. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at passioncitychurch.com or download the Passion Movement app. And again, thanks for listening to the Passion City Church Podcast.